T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is being brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who's got a massive brain. Mike Florio. He used to be a lawyer, then he decided to take his talents to the internet. NBC Sports. I'm sorry I'm late, I was talking to Robert Kraft. Pro Football Talk. I wouldn't listen to some of those people out there, especially guys like Mike Florio. Mike Florio with Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan is off today, so it's just Lawrence and Layla hanging out here with you until 2 o'clock. But we've got Mike Florio, and he joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, great to be with you. How's everybody today? We're good. I I wanted to ask you, because it was one of the stories that kind of got lost in the Super Bowl, was Michael Irvin being sent home from the Super Bowl. What's the latest on that story? This thing is fascinating to me, and it is really resonating with our audience. We can track our traffic in real time, and folks are captivated by this lawsuit that Michael Irvin fired after he was sent home by NFL Network following a complaint from a Marriott Hotel employee that Irvin had engaged in some sort of misconduct. We still don't know what the allegation is. He is behaving consistently with someone who is falsely accused. He immediately sued. He claims that it is all false. Now, he didn't do himself any favors by making a couple of media appearances before the lawsuit was filed because he made it clear, number one, he'd been drinking, and number two, he didn't necessarily remember what happened. But there's video surveillance that Marriott refuses to turn over. At some point, it will have to give that information. It's going to be highly relevant evidence to proving whether or not there was any type of misconduct by Irvin. But the case was filed in state court in Texas. Marriott's exercised its right to remove the case to federal court. Federal law recognizes that there's the potential for home cooking when you get an out-of-state corporation in front of a state court judge who's elected by the local citizens. So it'll be pending in federal court, and they'll try to get to the bottom of this thing. And I, I, I think it'll settle quietly one way or the other, depending upon what's on that video. If the video either clearly shows wrongdoing or clearly shows that nothing happened, it's possible it falls somewhere in the middle where it's in the eye of the beholder. But this thing's going to move forward. And Michael Irvin was very aggressive about it. And good for him if he's wrongly accused. You know, I, I'm not a big believer that false accusations happen on a regular basis, but we know that it's not an unprecedented dynamic in our society. They have happened from time to time. And if he was falsely accused, he's doing exactly what he needs to do to prove himself. It is a case that 
I think people are very interested in because the information is scant and it led to this massive decision being made and then a very high number when you consider a lawsuit for $100 million based on an incident that it seems mutually decided that it was within the terms of that video discussion, correct? Like it it was based on this interaction that was caught on tape. Presumably. Now, look, we'll see what kind of angle it is, and it's entirely possible that the video is inconclusive. Sometimes those surveillance videos are very grainy, and it's hard to see what happened. Irvin has eyewitnesses who back up his version, which is critical because I don't know how reliable of a witness he's going to be if he's going to admit, as he already has, that he was out drinking, and he doesn't really remember what happened. It was a quick interaction. He didn't think anything of it. But if you've been impaired in any way, shape, or form by the consumption of alcohol, you're susceptible to an aggressive cross-examination by a lawyer who will make it clear to the jury that we can't believe anything this guy has to say because he just doesn't remember. So that will be a big part of it. And you touched on something very significant here. The people at NFL Network made a big decision based on something from Marriott. And what were they told? What questions did they ask? Did they talk to Irvin and get his side of it before just pulling him off the air? And how much of it was NFL Network deferring to Marriott, proud sponsor of the National Football League, longtime sponsor of the National Football League? If it was a hotel chain that doesn't get a penny from the NFL, would NFL Network have even paused for a second to think about it? Those are all compelling questions. It becomes very delicate for Irvin if he's still going to work at NFL Network for his lawyer to be stirring up that hornet's nest. It also makes you wonder who was talking to Irvin. When you bring up how significant Marriott is and and their role in the NFL, it makes you wonder who that person could have been. Well, well that, that's absolutely right. And, and look, a lot of things are going to come to light if and when there's full-blown discovery in this case because that's when depositions happen, people are put under oath, they're asked tough questions, documents are produced, paper trails, text messages, emails, and you wonder what kind of communications there may have been at higher levels. Hey, you got to take care of this. Hey, we pay you a lot of money every year. Hey, you know, this is unacceptable. We, we believe that this allegation's true, and then, you know, they find out that maybe they're not going to be able to corroborate the accusation. And there's just a lot of meat there. There's a lot of stuff to delve into. And, and the, the business person in me wants this thing to hang around for a while because it is a very compelling story. But the recovering lawyer in me knows it's in everyone's best interest to come up with a mutually acceptable resolution and let everyone move on with their lives. And uh, that is what can happen sooner than later. Mike, I've been perplexed by... Eric Bieniemy's choice to go to Washington. And and the reason is I get it. I guess you want to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid, but I also let go you're moving to maybe the worst run organization in the league. How how will you be able to succeed there when no one seemingly has been able to succeed there? Well, I think part of the problem, we reported this on Friday in the aftermath of Biennemi taking the job as assistant head coach and offensive coordinator of the Commanders. He was on a year-to-year contract in Kansas City. He had never had any real security. And I think at some point, 
you develop the impression that if they're not going to offer you a multi-year deal and if they're not going to react to other teams being interested in you as an offensive coordinator with a raise that gets you to stay put and you've got another team offering you more money than what you're making in Kansas City, at some point you're going to kind of read between the lines and realize maybe it's time for me to move on. And, you know, the bottom line is, even though it didn't keep Matt Nagy from becoming coach of the Bears – and it didn't keep Doug Peterson from becoming coach of the Eagles, there is this weird sense, unjustified as it may be, that the enemy is being held back by the fact that Andy Reid is ultimately in charge of the offense. And again, it didn't stop Peterson or Nagy from becoming head coaches, so it's factually incorrect, but the reality is that's one of the perceived impediments to the enemy becoming a head coach. So he goes to Washington, Ron Rivera is a defensive coach, the enemy's in charge of the offense. My, my guess, though, is if he has any success, there'll be some other excuse that gets thrown out there as to why it's not the enemy, it's some other factor. I'm also trying to figure out why LaShawn McCoy came out and spoke out against him. Well, I think LaShawn McCoy had a bad experience in Kansas City, and it can't be his fault. It's got to be somebody else's fault. I mean, he was a guy who was playing pretty regularly earlier in his year, 2019, with the Chiefs. By the end of the year, he was deactivated. He had a fumbling issue. And, you know, I'm glad that other Chiefs players came out to rebut what LaShawn McCoy had to say, including Tyreek Hill, who would fall into the camp of this is a guy who's happy to cause chaos with the Chiefs. This is a guy who was disgruntled when he finally left. He came out in support of Eric Bieniemy as well. My, my, my only real beef with this is there are plenty of people in the media who are just looking to be able to point to anything as a – an alternative explanation as to why the enemy keeps getting the cold shoulder. And I think these folks are going to lock on to what McCoy said without considering the fact that two, three, four people who were in Kansas City working with the enemy have directly contradicted what McCoy said. And this isn't the first time McCoy has kind of thrown some sour grapes in the enemy's direction. And Andy Reid had spoken out in the past as well. So I, I just hope folks don't blindly cling to what LaShawn McCoy said and use that as the, oh, well, that's why he's not a head coach. Mike, I spent some time this weekend watching the XFL, and uh, it was pretty terrible. But <laughs> there, there were some things that I thought were cool can you walk us through what the connection is with the NFL and the XFL as far as things that they're trying out with this league? Well, it is good to have these spring leagues that provide sort of an experimental ground. And when you've got Dean Blandino connected to the XFL and he's previously with the NFL and he's involved with Fox, some of these rules are things that they could try and they could decide to do. And we've heard about the 4th and 15 play as the alternative to the onside kick for several years now it all it goes all the way back frankly to a profile of roger goodell that time magazine did in 2012 greg shiano who at the time was about to become the coach of the bucks or had been the coach of the bucks it was his first year i think he had a player eric legrand at rutgers who suffered a catastrophic injury on a kick return and shiano was pushing the idea of a 4th and 12, 4th and 15 play as the alternative to an onside kick and get rid of the kickoff altogether, just give the team the ball at the 20, and that, or, or just do the 4th and 15 play. You can punt and change possession that way. You can do whatever you want with 4th and 15. XFL has this 4th and 15 play as the specific alternative to an onside kick. It was used over the weekend to help a team come back from a 15-3 deficit and win the game with a minute and a half left. That's something that maybe the NFL could adopt. And I love the idea that XFL has adopted of letting a coach challenge anything once per game, 
anything. If the video evidence is clear and obvious that the ruling on the field was wrong, whatever it may be, even if it's not otherwise reviewable, you have one time per game, you can challenge it. And a point that MDS made uh, from PFT when we were kicking it around in the past few days, if Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, had that challenge anything one time at the end of the Super Bowl, he could have challenged the James Bradbury holding penalty. They would have reviewed it. They would have said, yes, it's holding. And maybe it would have taken some of the steam out of that controversy. I also want to ask you, since we're here, about what is going on with the investigation of the commanders. The federal investigation and then also the different municipalities or jurisdictions who might be investigating them as well. Well, you know, the congressional investigation, which is now over, it started as a reaction to the allegations of workplace misconduct. And through that process, some evidence bubbled up of potential financial irregularities, whether it's money that was withheld from season ticket holders, they paid deposits that were never given back to them, money that was maybe funneled away from the NFL that should have been shared with the other teams. That's how some of these other investigations popped up. And there's been lawsuits filed, and there's a federal investigation, Eastern District of Virginia, that seems to be focusing on the financial side of this. And this is all happening, number one, as Daniel Snyder is supposedly considering selling the team. And number two, that Mary Jo White investigation of Snyder specifically, based upon some of the allegations made against him during the congressional testimony, that is still out there. And I have a feeling that as long as he sells the team, that never sees the light of day. That's basically, in my view, the sort of Damocles that the NFL is using to get him to continue to move forward and sell the team. And we'll see if he sells the team. But if he doesn't, that's when maybe the Mary Jo White investigation reaches a conclusion that he did something he shouldn't have done, and then maybe the other owners try to force him to sell. With Brock Purdy, it looked like at the time of the injury, everyone was like, oh, I know what that is. That's a UCL. He's going to have to have surgery fairly quickly. What's going on with it? Because it doesn't look like he's having surgery anytime soon. Yeah, he was supposed to have surgery today, and then the news comes out. He's still got inflammation in there and swelling that needs to go down before they can do the surgery. And obviously that pushes back the timeline, and it makes it more likely that Trey Lance is going to be the starter when the season rolls around. And even though Purdy played very well when he got thrust into service, Lance is the guy they made the investment in. Lance is the guy they want to see succeed. And the longer it takes Purdy to get back to 100%, the greater the likelihood that Lance will be the guy. And now that Tom Brady is retired, I mean, Brady would have been the outside the building alternative that they definitely were considering. And who knows with Brady? I mean, the retirement lasted 40 days last time. Maybe it lasts 80 days this time. Who knows? I'm not going to believe he's done until he spends at least one full year out of football. And as long as these injury issues are hovering around the 49ers and questions about Trey Lance, the, the, the possibility of the 49ers make an aggressive push to bring Tom Brady home for one year to cap his career, I, I just can't completely rule it out after what happened last year. Ah, 40 days on the start of Ash Wednesday. Perhaps he gives up retirement for Lent. <laughs> I also want to ask you about Tua Tungavailoa's approach to not only does he want to play again, but now he's taken up martial arts. Yeah, and you know, I had a guy who was an Olympian in judo reach out to me after Tua's most recent concussion and make the point that it would be wise for him and other football players to take up judo because it teaches you how to fall because falling is one of the most common hazards of someone who's engaged in judo and you have to fall the right way so you don't injure yourself. And we saw two, wink, wink, three concussions last year from Tua that all resulted from him falling and striking his helmet against the turf. He didn't get hit in the head standing up. 
he got thrown to the ground and his head snapped back and hit the turf and he suffered a brain injury. So he's acknowledged that he's engaged in judo training now to better learn how to fall. And that's good, but it also implicitly acknowledges the reality that the physics aren't in his favor. When you're about six feet tall and you're not all that thick, you end up being thrown to the ground and maybe your head whips back and hits the ground. Whereas, uh, you know, if you were six, five, six, six, that's not going to happen. So he needs to avoid taking those hits primarily, but secondarily, if he knows how to properly fall, when he does take those hits, maybe he avoids having his head strike the ground. And, and that's a key issue going forward. When he plays, he plays well, but he missed four games last year. He missed part of another one, the Bengals game. Uh, after his head hit the turf and that Christmas day game against the Packers, he should have been flagged with a concussion and removed from play, but nobody realized until the next day that he had another head injury. That's going to be the key moving forward. Can he avoid future head injuries? At least he's trying. We'll see whether or not it works. So is there going to be like a, a, a puff of smoke when Aaron Rodgers uh, comes out of wherever it is that he is and has made a decision? Is there going to be a ceremonial groundhog? How will we know that, that he is either going back to the Packers or going to move on? That's a great point. But given the way he's kind of taken the heel turn over the past couple of years, he'll find a way to do it that, that causes you know those who love him to be happy and those who are inclined to vilify him to be upset but also to love it at the same time, whether it's McAfee's show, whether it's something else. He'll, he'll, he'll make it known. But we're getting to the point where the Packers really do need to know because next week in Indianapolis for the scouting combine, that is tampering central. That is where the teams meet with agents. They figure out which quarterbacks they're going to pursue, who's available, who's not available. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded, next week is the time for the Packers to get together with whichever team he's going to be traded to, work out that deal, have it ready to go the first day of the league year, and Aaron Rodgers changes teams and off he goes, if that's what he's going to do. Step one, is he going to play? Step two, does he want to play for the Packers? Step three, if not the Packers, who does he want to play for, and can they work out that deal? And the clock is ticking very loudly as we get closer and closer to the scouting combine. Mike, as always, we appreciate your time and your expertise, sir. All right, great talking to you. Have a great week. Thanks, Mike. That is Mike Florio. I didn't know that he called Michael David Smith MDS. I didn't know that. I mean, I, obviously, like, those are his initials, but I didn't, I didn't know that was a nickname. I did not know either. Ray, put MDS on the list of people that I want to talk to next week or something. Because, you know, he listens to the show. He's here. He's based in Chicago. I didn't know that. MDS is a good man. He's also had had a radical like body change. You know, he looked like typical sports writer. Yeah. And now he looks like UFC fighter now. MDS. So, you know, if he's got time next week, if he just wants to talk football or whatever, supplements, I don't know. Wonderful conversationalist. He is. He's terrific. And I love when Florio's on the show, too. That's a really interesting thing about that you brought up with Tua and him taking judo class because that's literally the first thing you do in judo is learn how to fall and like the the concept of like falling backwards and dispersing all of the energy as you're falling like you learn how to do that it's it's rough but what Mike said about the physics that's why people will have legitimate questions about Bryce Young because the physics are not in his favor either. Well, here, Bryce Young 
If you ever have a spinal injury, don't play in a game four days later and then fly home. Yep. The way the Tua was handled was uh, criminal. Infuriating. Yeah. It was really, really Absolutely bad. Absolutely infuriating. But that was great. I was glad that we got a chance to talk with Mike Florio about a whole bunch of stuff. You know what we haven't done? Ray, Mike, we have not gotten Layla's thoughts on Pat Beverly being a Chicago Bull. We have not had that opportunity yet. And with Layla being here today, it gives us that chance. So we're going to take a break. If you're a Bulls fan, don't go anywhere. They've got a new point guard. What does it mean? I don't know. Man, I hope it means something for Grayson Allen. Let's put him on notice. That's next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You know me, I'm going to be on Zach with being ass. I'm going to give him all the energy he need, destroy people. Me and DeMar DeRozan, we good. I got a, a popping five. Uh, Vujovic, I'm excited, man. I'm pretty sure I called for him too, by the way. I'm pretty sure I called for him on Grayson Allen. Let's just speak it all into existence. So Patrick Beverly. I'll take a million dollars. Thank you. Just a million? Yeah. Not I, being greedy? That would, be a, that would be a stark improvement. This is from Nordstrom Rack. What's up, y'all? We ball on a budget in this house. Hey, balling on a budget, like there's no reason, you know, there's a reason that there's a pay the max, what, pay the minimum for the max or get the max for the minimum. You're damn right. Whatever it takes. Exactly. You, you know who understands that? <laughs> that dude, Patrick Beverly, who grinded for three years out of Arkansas internationally playing for the Greek League and then also Euro Cup, and then from what is the he? West Side, Mr. Ninety Four Feet, Marshall, and then ends up in the NBA. And I worked with him for two years. Wait, what? What do you mean you worked with him for two years? Oh yeah, I was the Rockets sideline reporter. That's at right. That network that filed for bankruptcy because the show comes together that way. We will talk about that later on in the show about RSNs that 
end up going bankrupt and disappearing. So I used to work there. Now I don't anymore. But you worked with Patrick Beverly. I did work with Patrick Beverly. Did Happily. You, did you have the same level of intensity that Patrick Beverly has when you guys are interacting? Because I know that you've got that. I know that you you can reach P-Bev levels. I'm just wondering, when you were in front of him, was 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 he reaching... Double the, intensity? Yeah. Well, That's some Norm Van Leer stuff right there. Intensity. Uh, intensity. You just knew where he was coming from. And at the time, he still had a very, like, grind mentality. And I was very happy to see when he got paid. Like, when he got the contract where he was making $13.3 million a year. That was something that I thought was deserved. But he still very much had the mentality of respecting not only players he knew in the international game. Like, he got to play with Omri Caspi. He was, he was like, oh, Omri was famous in Israel, like, when I was in Europe. Like, you could tell there was a reverence there. But... Just what he brought. I thought that Casey's assessment of Patrick Beverly on Molly and Haw yesterday morning was excellent because he said all the right things when it came to how I would describe him. I'm not saying saying the right things like behaving. I'm saying that is an accurate assessment of his personality. Like Patrick Beverly is not, he'll say some stuff and he said some stuff. I mean, let's not forget what he said about Chris Paul on TV. That caused a bit of a firestorm in the NBA. He's not afraid of, of speaking his mind, but he's also a teammate. And I I go back and forth on the acquisition of him because the Bulls needed a point guard. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the draw of finishing worse so you can protect your draft pick. That you might be in a position that protected draft pick at number four, you could you could actually have something instead of you're not giving yourself the best chance to get it if you continue to win. I also, though, think that it's antithetical to the path they've already chosen. You owe it to yourself, perhaps, as a team, and I'm saying perhaps here, to see this through. What if you did have Pat Beverly? Because let's face it, this system was absolutely dependent on the point guard. It's flawed, flawed in that way. But if that's the case, see what bringing in Patrick Beverly's, first of all, defensive mentality, at times his six fouls to give, I'm 100% looking at you, Grayson Allen. And then also just that aunt to see how that mixes in. I can't see him being okay with being up 24 points to the Indiana Pacers and losing the game. Cannot see that happening. And his mom was on The Price is Right, by the way, while we're here. Shout really? out to Patrick Beverly's mom. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The man has led an interesting life. From a basketball standpoint, if I were just looking at what Patrick Beverly does, I would say, man, he's perfect. He's a point guard. They need one. He plays defense. They need that. Not ball dominant. He, sh- he will play off the ball, and he shoots three-pointers. All things that the Bulls need. The thing is... I wonder, it feels like the Bulls have been trying to create a culture of toughness. But every time that someone brings it up as how they should go about playing basketball, it doesn't stick. To it me, doesn't stick in the game. Right. The receipt is the game here. Right, that's what I mean. Like that's It doesn't stick. And we've had... 
we've had another point guard be added to this team and say exactly the same stuff about this team doesn't play together and we're not particularly mentally tough. Those Hi, are, my name is Goran Dragic. They go about their business in different ways. I agree, and I, I, I am curious on how the way that Patrick Beverly goes about his business, if it will blend with, I think, I think DeMar's fine because DeMar is OG status. Vooch and Levine, I'm not so sure that they're ready for this. I, for him to call out Levine specifically before he even get, plays a game. And here's the other thing. That's your max player. I don't know how many times we have to reiterate this, but there is some understanding, I think, in the NBA when it comes to that type of stuff. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. I So I'm very curious. This is Casey Johnson, Mullion Hall, him talking about the addition of Patrick Beverly. I think the biggest area where I, I like to fit is beyond the, the defense and the three-point shooting, although that's tailed off in recent years. He he ostensibly is a point guard, but he really plays more off the ball. And he can play make, he can bring the ball up, but he just is one of those guys who fits in. I don't see him as ball dominant as Russell Westbrook might have been. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that will – will see to, to the, the stars. So he'll, he'll blend in that way. I think he'll take some pressure off them at times, but he won't be uh, taking usage or opportunity too much away from those guys. I think he'll, he'll, he'll augment them probably a little bit better than, than a ball dominant guy like Russell Westbrook. Might have. You know me, I'm going to be on Zach Levine ass. I'm going to give him all the energy he need. Okay. I mean, there it is. And, and what is that? What do you think that says about, how the Bulls are viewed to the rest of the NBA. I think they're viewed as a soft, underachieving team. I mean, you de- I definitely think if you're playing the Bulls, you're like, oh, we're down 19. You got no a chance. Problem. Down 24, whatever. Layla, I've done quite well on FanDuel over the last six games of waiting to the low point in a game for the opposition and betting the money line that they're going to win. I, last week against the Pacers... I got the Pacers at plus 520 when they were down 24 or whatever it was. And I didn't, I wasn't worried that it it wouldn't come through at all. At all. Because that's the way this Bulls team is played. Like it's, it's been a thing. By the way, our mutual friend, Eugene McIntosh from It's the Bigs, uh, he, he tweeted out last night. He's like, look, because you know, Gene is, is shy, like through and through. He is, he is all about Chicago basketball. He is out there in those streets. But and he, welcoming at that. Very to much those so. those of us who are not from here. I but, appreciate him. But he even was like, look, I, I, we all love Pat Bev, but let's make sure that we keep our expectations in order for what he can do for this team. Similar to Elvis Andrus and the Sox, frankly. Mm-hmm. It, it's... It's the respect of, of a veteran and, and knowing what they bring to the table and knowing how that's going to affect this particular team. Also knowing that other teams are doing other things. Have you never had a high chew? No. Mike? 
I know you're looking at this with some very interested face I just know expressions. That, right? I just know that you've been in a lot of different I, baseball clubhouses. I've also been in Asia a few times. Oh, yeah, that's right. With Patrick Beverly, no less. Strangely enough. Oh, I prefer that over Starburst or anything. This yeah. is what I was saying. Ray, have you ever had a Haichu? I never have. So I think I got introduced to these. I think it was Kosuke Fukudome. I think that's right. It was his favorite candy. I hope I'm getting that right. I always he, love a good candy opinion. And he just like had boxes of it shipped to Cubs camp. And they were just like, you, there's a whole bunch of it here. Do you just want some? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. That's baller status right there. And then Maddie, Maddie, Maddie became a fan of it. And then he just started ordering bags of Haichu. From all over the place. You know, I got, I got Mike, it's vanilla Tootsie Rolls. I got so now apple we're flavor. learning about people. True. I got apple flavor if you want it. I gave up sweets for oh, Lent. my bad. We're, we're like two hours into Lent, I'm for sorry. God's sake. I want it. Yeah. Mike and Ray, you guys, got, I got two left. I prefer strawberry. Do they do they keep for 40 days or so? Oh, yeah. It's, all right, it's like a, it's like a Starburst. Up? Cadbury cream Here, egg and high chew. Here's what I'm doing. Bag of high chew for you on Easter. We can like mix the uh, flavors and everything. Here's another note about Patrick Beverly, and I don't need to tell anybody who's from here about him. But things I appreciate about him having worked with the guy. For example, when Kelvin Sampson, who was an assistant coach for the Rockets, got hired at the University of Houston, who has seen some time at the top of the college basketball rankings this year. Yes, they have. He and James Harden went to the press conference to support him. Things like that I just appreciate. Later on today, can we talk about another team that's been at the top of the basketball rankings this year? Because uh-huh. uh, one would wonder if they should even finish the season. People, I I take requests, and I think this has been on the mind of a lot of people, and I appreciate the uh, the want to discuss it. Okay, all right, just... and we're still trying to figure out the details. By the way, yeah, it's it's and should very... they be coming out in the trial? Yeah. It's like, isn't there a pre-discussion there that usually happens? You would think that there would have been charges and, but you know, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Texas saying hi to is flavorful and delicious. You sound like a commercial. Yes. We've had some good text today. Yeah. The texts have been on it. Um, there are a lot of people who say that PBEV is exactly what they need. People are very much looking forward to the interaction between <laughs> Zach Levine and Patrick Beverly. I don't think Zach Levine is defensive is as defensive as people think he is. I do. Man, I don't know because he and Demar are I believe that when I say that when they say they're like they peacefully interact. I think that they peacefully interact, but I also think that I also think that Zach looked at the love that DeMar got and is getting since he's been here and has been like, why am I not getting that love? I'm the max player. You know what I'll do? I'll go out in some of these fourth quarter opportunities and show them why I'm the max player, especially since DeMar is out. And then what happens? Oh, I dribbled a ball off my knee. I threw a ball into the crowd. I took a a two-point shot when a three-point shot was necessary. I missed an open guy underneath the basket. On and on and on. I'm not trying to make excuses for a lot of things because I've called out a lot of things. 
But I do think that there's something that we don't always talk about with him that might need to be discussed. Remember when two years ago we were celebrating the fact that the Bulls had won four in a row for the first time with Zach Levine? Like Zach Levine had not <laughs> Zach Levine had not won in his professional basketball career four games in a row and had played for categorically losing teams for most of his career. And it shows. And when Dan talks about the deboilinization of players, it took Larry Markin in three teams. And sometimes I wonder if we forget this with him. Well, he he's the reason why I fully believe that five years from now, when I'm, I'm doing my last shows at the score, you and I will be sitting here talking about Patrick uh, Williams being an all-star for the second consecutive year. Did you just announce your retirement? <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be, I'm guessing it'll be earlier than that, but I'm just saying. Zero to five years from now. Yeah, I'll be done doing this. Like this part of it? The hell I just got here. Layla, do you realize on May 8th, I will have been here 25 years? Dan's been here like 25 million years. Dan's yeah, been here since like some sort of Cenozoic era or something. I know. They had radio back then. They did. And it was important. So, yeah, like, that's what we'll do. We'll be celebrating. Oh, Mamba's so great at 1-5. I do love candy opinions. This is cruel. I have 40-plus days. Oh, yeah. I was hoping we can get into a big old discussion about this, but, you We know. can. We can. So, I'm. We can do it today. I'm, like, I'm, I mean, four weeks from now, I might want to <laughs> scream. <laughs> Throw something at me. Um. The Starburst where you can just get the reds. Oh, those are. Fam, let's go. Like. That's the key. That's that's where it's at. But the, the problem, yeah, you're right about Mambas. And they also it also felt like a bigger candy. Like it felt like you were getting more candy than you should. Yeah. What's your opinion on Skittle Apple or Skittle Lime? Which one do you want in yes. your pack? I don't know. They all kind of taste the same to me. They taste like Skittles. Skittles taste like themselves. It's kind of like Fruit Loops. Well, that, can you tell the difference between a Fruit no, Loop? No, well, that's been proven. The Fruit Loops thing has been proven that they are all the same thing, just a different color. Have you ever had like the, uh, there's a vodka that tastes just like Fruit Loops and it will blow your mind until you realize, oh yeah, they're both artificial flavors. You like Seems pretty easy to replicate now that I think about it. Totally makes sense. Uh, what do you have for high noon? Oh man. We got to break out a character who made an appearance a couple months ago. Oh, that's right. I'm very excited. Because another very popular food chain has come out with something that is upsetting some people. What's the What's the Lifesaver one? Is it Lifesaver Cream? Oh, the Cream Savers. Those are so yes, good. Yes, they're back. What? Yes. What year is this? I know. I also saw clearly Canadian. I'm very confused. It's a, these are very. I couldn't take pictures of that times. with a cell phone then. No, I, the only thing your cell phone did back in those days was play Snake. That was all you could do. No, no, that was far be- before then. Clearly Canadian was like the 90s. And see, this is why I need to retire. Lawrence, what is your story for High Noon? <sighs> I know that that Mike Rankin, I asked him to put this into the vault. He had no idea what he was putting into the vault. I'm going to ask you if you have any idea of what it is that I've put in the vault. There's a part of me that feels like this person needs a hug. And there's a part of me that feels like this person needs to be mocked. If this is like the Smokey Robinson album titles, I'm not going there with you on this. Well. Song titles. Well. Oh, no. Back after this on the score. I'll be back this way on Monday. 
We'll settle this then. Right there. Out in the street. In front of the palace saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? High noon. We do it every day around this time. First, we catch up on what it is that we've been discussing. We have the Elvis Andrews bobblehead doll here in studio. If you would like to check it out, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. It worked. It worked. I didn't think it was going to work, but then it it worked. Then it worked, and it's a good thing. And, and it's us celebrating for a second the White Sox doing something good. Stick around, though. In the next 10 minutes, that, that will change. Oh. Um, we talked about lying season in the NFL and how that affects Justin Fields. We had Mike Florio on, and we talked about Patrick Beverly joining the Bulls. Well, y'all, I got to go back to my native tongue here because Chick-fil-A has introduced a cauliflower filet sandwich. Oh, no. Well, yes, that was the opinion of one Jimmy Fila. Faya, F-A-I-L-L-A, Falia, I don't know, on Fox News. And, of course, we had some fun, if you'll recall, with Cracker Barrel deciding that they were going to just have as an option on the menu the impossible meat. Right. This is if you wanted, akin to that. You didn't have to have it. Well, Jimmy's taking offense to this. And, uh, as you can imagine, there is a it is a funny headline. Chick-fil-A's cauliflower filet smacks of foul play. F-O-W-L. Who needs a plant-forward sandwich? Earth to Chick-fil-A. Let's stop this nonsense right now. Like, I, it's impossible to not laugh. And I always thought of the uh, the angry comments, you know, on the Facebook page, because that's where they go for Chick-fil-A's uh, and Cracker Barrel's vegan sandwiches. Okay, so it's a cauliflower it's just a cauliflower sandwich. And you know partially why Chick-fil-A is doing it? Cost, people. Cost. I don't know why that is such an unfathomable concept for individuals that plants are cheaper than meat. Okay, so I think I get it now. So what you want is you would like a rebuttal from Redneck Ray. Yes, but I also want to inform y'all. I said y'all. Here we go. Texas Layla's coming out. So here's one you might have missed while everyone was fighting over spa balloons and getting their bets in on the Super Bowl. Chick-fil-A is making a plant-forward veggie sandwich that contains no chicken whatsoever. I've seen the ads, and this thing is exactly what it sounds like. A bad idea. I'll even take it a step further and say that whatever strategist decided to eliminate chicken is guilty of foul play. Forgive the pun or don't, it's murka. Whereas you read this, every Chick-fil-A is a drive through line wrapped around its building, which is why the company needs to stay in its lane. It's just an option. They actually have two lanes now. Yeah, a lot of the time. Chick-fil-A is so popular that their drive through is like the Oregon Trail. Often the people you start the journey with are no longer with you by the time you reach the window. Why do they die of dysentery? No. Oregon Trail is just a game. And nobody's spending that much watching their friends stare at their phones so they can not get chicken. Now, some of you will say, but Jimmy Chick-fil-A has changed his menu before to add grilled chicken. So what's the big deal to which I say you're right? And remind you that they've also added a breakfast menu with biscuit sandwiches. And what do those have in common? Chicken. The place is called Chick-fil-A because it's famous for chicken. And then he goes on to like diss on Madonna or something. And 
I don't know what wait, else. Wait, what was is isn't he spelling his last name the way that Chick Fil A is spelled? No, I, no, no, and I don't even F I L A, right? <sighs> F A I L L A. I don't know who he is, and I I also will get chicken from Chick Fil A. I'm not saying that I won't, but it just doesn't matter if you're not getting it. Why do you want to control other people's decisions? Because that's the American way, like Texas Layla. I tell you what, we are witnessing. The fall of a great Christian American restaurant institution. The name is Chick Fil A for chicken, Layla. Texas Layla, you said it right. What about right that MTV? They don't always have music on now, do they? Now they have all these reality shows and all that mess. That's not my deal either. But we're talking about Chick Fil A, and it's everything. This cauliflower sandwich is everything that is wrong with this country in between two buns. And I am boycotting Chick Fil A. Until they get rid of this snowflake Happy Meal, okay, and only sell chicken. You will not see me up in Chick-fil-A. Between two buns. I did just not see that coming. How am I supposed to top that, man? Redneck Ray, when are you coming back to this here world? I'll come back when they get rid of that damn sandwich. So, so, Mike, this morning when I sent you the video that I was going to use for High Noon, did you have any idea who that young man was? No, I did not. Layla, what is your recollection of Corey Feldman? I mean, I know that he's a Corey and that there are multiple Corys. Well, there were I two Corys and the other and one died. Okay. But I just don't... Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with it all, really. So... Corey Feldman has had a very interesting career and and life. Like star of one of the stars of Lost Boys and Goonies and Stand By Me. The other thing is he was a huge Michael Jackson stan. Like I think that he and Michael even were connected. Like he met him and like there was some sort of he's been one of Michael's staunchest defenders as well. And um, Corey has been doing music off and on. Oh, that's right. And if you're on Instagram Reels, it's probably been popping up in your algorithm. He's doing a video where it's clear where the inspiration comes from. I don't know what the name of this song is, but um, I'll let you take a listen. I'm the comeback, comeback, comeback. Yeah, he's the comeback king. I, I don't think he is. Oh, well, you got... Layla, you got to see the video, too. Is it as weird as that one where they were, like, in all black or something, and the girls were dancing, but they weren't dancing? Well, I'm a- My friends, like, passed that around several years ago, and it was a little interesting. I'm it was on, like, Good Morning America to you, or Today Show or something. It's going to be upsetting. Um, but you'll understand. So here's my thing with Corey Feldman. I feel like he needs a hug, and I also feel like he needs someone to grab him by the ear. But at, at 51 years old, 51. yeah, 
He's doing this. Yeah. At 51 years old, is it too late to be grabbed by the ear? I'm the comeback, comeback, comeback. It sounds like like old boy band music. Yeah. It sounds like someone doing a really terrible impersonation of late Michael Jackson music. But also, oh yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. Um, but And wait till you see the video. Yeah, I thought that was the bit. Was that his intent? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, okay. But also, is that him singing his own backup? Yes. Yeah. I'm the comeback, comeback, comeback. I am missing, missing nothing. Yes. If you're going to, going to swing, you better make it sting. Because I'm in the comeback. We, you know what we need to do? This needs to be the anthem for the Bernstein at Home show. Oh, God. When any of the baseball teams come back and win. That's not an incentive to them. That's yeah. not, we're not helping. But I don't who, know. I feel like we would, are. Who would be willing to admit that they were the backup singer for this song, though? It has to be Corey Feldman, correct? I don't, I don't know. Other, other, I don't want to know the lyrics. I don't want to know if they're No, voices. you don't. You don't. No. So that's high noon. <laughs> I got to show you this during the break. Um, we will get a little bit more serious when we come back. And we will talk about your Chicago White Sox. Next oh, on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 